With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. It's a new dropper. And now Kedem in the middle. Dropper goes. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you guys are listening to from, and welcome to another episode of Chelsea Hour, brought to you by the Touchline Media Group. I'm your host, Dave Babs, and I'm joined by two of um, two of my favourites, most of you. You know, I've got I've got my fellow um, Cobham Knight um, in Timson. Timson, how you doing? Very good, bro. Good to be on the pod with you. Yeah, man, it's always good. And I've got uh, our new resident stat specialist in Freemium. Freemium, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit upset that I don't have another hate on this week, man. But, you know, I'll have to make do. Mm, they, they do call you Freemium the hater for a reason, man. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that coming up later on into the show. But, yeah, let's get into it. So, um, obviously, you know, we're coming into an international break. You know, top of the league. Um, our rivals dropping points, you know, on, on the Sunday. But... Obviously, you know, it wasn't exactly the the best of results for us on the Saturday. You know, the, the Burnley game. You know, unfortunately, we drew three, we drew nil nil. So I'm going to come over to you for a moment to get your thoughts on the game. And how did you feel like in in your media reaction? How's how's that changed over the last couple of days? I mean, to be honest, the draw felt unfair, and I feel like Bruce covered it quite well when he said it just felt a bit like a bit of bad luck, really, because 
in all honesty, we've probably played the best attack of football we've played all season. Like, we really did create a lot of chances and really just poor finishing let us down. And normally when, when you know, when things don't go away in front of goal, we're able to maintain the clean sheet. But, you know, there was a bit of... I don't know if it was a mistake or poor defending or a bit of ball watching by Rudiger or whatever. But, yeah, so we ended up... We ended up with a draw that should have been an easy, 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 easy win. And I feel like if you play a game nine times out of ten, it's an easy win. So I'm not, I'm not too mad about it because I did enjoy the game. And even though we only walked over a point, I do feel like that, that's just part of, part of the course, really. Sometimes sometimes it's not your night. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think that's fair enough. I'm going to come back to you again. So, you know, we obviously saw the lineup. I saw a couple of interesting reactions to the, to the front three. Um, mainly regarding them Barkley and um, I just want to get your thoughts on, on that front three in terms of the, the initial selection and how you felt they performed um, over the 90 minutes I was very happy to see that front three only because I was really 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 at limit with what I can manage from uh, from Ziek man like Ziek I was big on Ziek for joining us and he really has not performed to his uh, to the level that I expected and honestly it's just getting painful to watch so I was very happy to see Hudson Odoi, who's definitely deserved uh, a nice run of games on the left, and Barkley as well. Barkley, I wasn't really sure where, where he'd fit in the team, but he actually, he, I, I, yeah, he was, he was the probably probably the, the star man for me in, in that game. So I was very happy to see it, and and it worked about as well as I anticipated because I do know that Barkley and Hudson Odoi are probably our most creative players, and Barkley was just fluid, man. He was just involved with, with everything, like all our opportunities. If he didn't create them because he created he created a good few of them, he was like the person who was able to find Hudson Odoi or find Reese James, who would then create a chance. So he was really, really good. And I feel like he might because he missed that chance, people might be able to might be underrating his performance because his performance was strong, man. Now, if you go watch the highlights, they're pretty much just the the, the Chelsea highlights are pretty much just the Barkley highlights room. And because he's involved in everything and he had he released the ball at the right times. He he played the the through balls that you needed. He he fed it wide when it was necessary when there was a man open. He was just tidy, man. And and I feel like just a few bad shots and bad misses from him and Hudson Odoi might have spoiled how well they both actually played. Because Hudson Odoi had another strong performance. Fair enough. And yeah, you, you did mention them, you know, the, the ever presence of um, Barkley in the highlights. I'm going to come back to you again one more time before I go over to three So you've also mentioned um, Cho there um, in terms of his thoughts. I want to get your thoughts on him. I don't think listeners have heard um, so far what you think. So do you think his involvements have been up to the level um, to really like stake his claim in the left wing spot? Or is there is there more that you want to see from him? Just, just tell me about your, your thoughts on Hudson Odoi. I think, yeah, man, I feel like he's been hard done by, you know, him play, playing that right wing back really never really made too much sense to me. And he, his performance is that right wing back. He, he, you can just see that he's not playing in a position where he feels comfortable. And I don't see why he wasn't given the chance at left at, for left wing because Pulisic was the player who played left wing most last season. He finished this league, the league season with four goals, two assists. Now, you cannot tell me that that's good enough. It's not. It's not acceptable. And he should have been dropped somewhere in those 20 games that he played and stank out. Like He should have been dropped. And he just never got dropped because one season he got nine goals for us or something like that. And therefore people hope that he's going to somehow turn it on and, and come back. But really and truthfully, we don't have time for that. I've, you're playing more now or you can get, you know, the minutes that you deserve in the in the smaller games. And someone else who's playing more now should play should play now. Like there's, there's no time for you to be waiting for you to get find your form. There are players in the team who you can throw in and they'll perform straight away. We've seen that from 
Loftus Cheek. We've seen that from Barkley. We've seen this now from Hudson Odoi. And so we shouldn't be like waiting for players to hit form. Either you hit form, you have a couple of games. If it's not working, you're out. It shouldn't be a oh, we're just gonna let this person stay in the team and stink it out forever. That's not that's, that doesn't make sense. So Hudson Odoi for me deserves the chance that he's been given and he's been performing really, really well. I'd still like more from him. I'd still like him to be more involved, kind of like he was in, in Burnley. I think in Burnley, he wasn't as involved as I'd have liked, but he was crucial in all his involvements. And yeah, he was just the finishing, really. The finishing was, was poor, but you know how he was able to get find space and get his shots off, that was impressive. So I feel like the more the more he plays, the, the better he'll become. And, and I feel like he's done enough to this because he really doesn't have that much competition on the left. I don't believe. I don't understand how people are playing ahead of him, to be honest. I think that's I think that's a fair assessment of the game. And Tim's going to come over to you. So, um, when you first initially saw that lineup, um, did you have any worries, or were you confident that for that be, that would be another three points um, coming home to the bridge? Well, I always had reservations because obviously Burnley are a team who are just difficult and annoying to play with, uh, play against. Sorry, um, when I saw the lineup and I saw Barkley, I was surprised. Um, but if I had to choose my surprise between negatively surprised and pleasantly surprised, it'd be leaning closer towards uh, pleasantly surprised because his cameos and what he's done on the bench um, has been positive. So, um, and ZX on the contrary have not. So, looking at the lineup, I was um, I was like, okay, let's see what we can do. Um, in regards to what Tuchel said after the game is. It was a positive performance, one of our best attacking performances, I think it was. In terms of shots um, at goal, we had 54. The next closest game, I think, uh, was 40. Um, so really positive. Obviously, a lot of those, a lot of those shots were blocked or whatever, but um, we were actually we were actually peppering the goalkeeper. And obviously, um, Nick Pope had uh, a good a good day in goal. Yeah, I think that, I think that's fair enough. And um, yeah, so coming over to the midfield too, um, I want to get your thoughts on those two. You know, obviously we've seen Kante come back from injury, so I just want to get your thoughts on them. How, how you felt they performed in, in in that game? Yeah, with Kante, um, I was particularly happy with um, his selection. I thought our two in midfield against their two is really our three. Um, against their two because obviously Kante does the running for two people uh, and I thought with the with the pairing that we had we could control the middle of, we could control the middle of the park so um, yeah I think on in terms of performance I was happy with um, the selection and how it went um, it's just unfortunate we couldn't um, we couldn't capitalise and um, score more than one goal which obviously isn't the fault of the midfield yeah, I do think that's fair enough. I do think that's fair enough. And yeah, um, I think in, in terms of my own opinion, you know, I, I did miss the game initially, but I've watched back a couple of the highlights. And as as Freedom did say, it was quite frustrating because, you know, it was some of the most fluid and attacking football that we have been able to see in terms of our attacking line. But we just did see that cutting edge. And maybe another day, it, it, that does um, actually benefit us. But I guess that's just the XG, XG God's balance out to get, get balancing out against us. But yeah, you know, we look into the international break now, you know, we've got we got three points on them, City as well as West Ham. Crazy to think about that. Like West Ham being second and three points behind us. Like it, it feels like just yesterday, whereby we had the chance to literally relegate them. And they're having this like insane season. And then we're obviously following um, Liverpool's loss against West Ham, we were four points ahead of them. So, you know, going into that, going into the international break, this is a good place to, you know, to actually like stop and like obviously hope that the players can um, 
you know, let's 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 hope the players that can actually come back fit and firing again. So yeah, um, to go on a bit more further on to a bit of other Chelsea news. Um, um, I don't know if you guys saw, but there were some interesting um, reports um, coming out by Marca that um, Barcelona are interested in Timo Werner. So um, I know me and you, Tim, we've had the discussion about um, you know whether we'd sell um, whether we'd sell him, and in terms of like getting a replacement. But I want to get your thoughts for him. Um, do you think that there could be a lot of value that we, we may lose um, on the field um, by by selling Timo Werner in a January to, to um, a Barcelona, or do you think is 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 something we just got to run away with if we get that offer? Um, I've done about value on the field. I'll definitely see some value lost from the bench because, you know, I ain't seen that man on the field in a minute and I don't feel like it's in his injury that has kept him off the field. It's his performances that have kept him off the field. So I'm not sure about value lost on the field. We definitely, it depends also on the sell price, right? Because I'm definitely a big in, uh, in favour of selling him. Not because I don't think he's useful. I do think he's useful, but I don't... I can't take it no more, man. Like you can't watch someone who who's there to finish chances, miss chances forever, and expect that you know. Obviously, he, he does get the assist, which is very useful. But I don't like he's not. He's not like some type of creative monster, so I don't feel like it's necessary to keep him there just for the assist. And if he's not going to find his confidence, or he's not adapt, or he can't adapt to to the league, I feel like Barcelona is a perfect move for him, especially if. It means that we free up a space, we lose the wage, the massive wage, because he's not earning the money that he's getting paid right now. It's, a, it's definitely, that's definitely not the case. We free up a space on the wage floor, and maybe we can even, you know, move into the market again for someone else who's a bit more adapt, who's, who's a bit more adapted uh, to the way we play. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I feel like Xavi uh, might have a little bit more sense than that. I don't think, I don't want to credit him with too much sense, but I feel like he might have a little bit more sense than that, yeah. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I, I do think you made a couple of good points then. Timpson, um, has your opinion changed? And I know, I know you've um, also quoted uh, Adeyemi signing in terms of replacement. And what, what, what do you think in terms of um, potentially selling um, Team of Owners to Barcelona? First of all, let's see these Barcelona rumours as hypotheticals because I've also hypothetically seen um, articles saying that Xavi's only got 10 million to spend. And as poor as some people might say Timo's been, he's definitely worth more than 10 million euros that Xavi's um, allegedly being allowed to spend at Barcelona at the moment. Um, in regards to um, entertaining the prospect of selling him, uh, yeah, um, obviously Timo's a threat with his running in behind. It's not irreplaceable to the team. Um, we're not, his, with Mason Mount not missing games sometimes, you say his presence is missed. Players like Lukaku, um, some people, even to an extent, say Christian Pulisic is missed um, when things aren't doing too well. We're not really hearing too much about um, people missing Werner because his movement in behind isn't irreplaceable. And if we do get rid of Timo Werner, we have the ability to define those two 10 positions. Um, we'll have attacking midfielders who are able to find space in those 10s, or we'll have wide players who um, give us width in Pulisic, Hudson-Odoi, and even Ziyech to an extent. With Timo Werner, he's the in-betweener or the odd man out. He's not a true um, left winger. And in the Premier League, I don't think his finishing or his all-round game as a lone centre-forward would be enough to um, for him to be an adequate centre-forward, obviously, especially when we got Lukaku. So getting rid of him could probably um, 
be a solution to a problem of where to fit him in sometimes. So um, while I see both arguments, I'd probably lean towards kind of getting rid of Timo because what he gives us isn't irreplaceable and um, he's a problem that we can essentially solve um, in our team in terms of structure and definition of players who play in those certain positions in that in that um, front free system. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And um, obviously in other Chelsea news, you know, we've seen former Chelsea manager and obviously Chelsea legend, uh, Frank Lampard taking up the um, Norwich job. Um, I just want to get you guys' thoughts on that initially because, you know, a lot has been said about um, his next big step, you know, and how important it would be um, in, in his own words in terms of the next project. So with um, Norwich currently in this um, relegation, but I'm going to come over to you, come over to you from, you know, our, our resident hater. What, what, what are your initial thoughts on um Is that kill Lampard confirmed, yeah? Is that kill confirmed? Because I didn't, I, I saw rumours, but I didn't, I didn't know it was confirmed. Mm. I'm not sure if it's confirmed, but I, I mean, let's 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 act as if it is for, for now. And let's, oh, that's let's, gonna let's be see. lovely. Oh, that that'll be that'll be delicious. I can't wait. Oh, every week I might tell myself watching Norwich games just to watch them get relegated. Oh, that'll be lovely. So after the pain that he put me through to see him suffer that relegation battle and, and really have to deal with a team that he's that you know really cannot compete on, that'll be brilliant. Also, it'll be good for Billy because you know Billy will get some games. And then, but they're definitely going down. I, I, I don't see any hope for him. Like he's tactically inept. We've seen that time and time again. So I don't believe that you know he's going to be able to do the the, the massive job that it takes to to keep Norwich up at this point. I feel like it's just yeah, he's just going to be steering that ship right down back down to to championship. And I'm going to enjoy every every minute of it. Oh man, I can't wait. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be beautiful, man. I might cry. Listeners, you, you've heard from a resident. Hey, I'm going to come to you, Timson. Um... Do, do, do you think there's any rationale, you know, behind him wanting to get the take the Norwich job? Um, do, do you think there's any any potential in that job, or, or, or are you as dumbfounded as I am? No, I'm right there with you, Babs, because I'm I'm a bit confused. He turned down, or he was linked to the Crystal Palace job before it eventually went to Vieira, and that job makes a lot more sense net for him geographically wise with his family and just the resources available and obviously the situation being kind of a relatively stable uh, established Premier League side but he's opted for um, he's opted for Norwich who um, obviously all but seems certain to go down um, they don't they probably have the weakest squad player for player in the in the league um, and yeah, they've got a good ownership, but as far as uh, being able to con- contend in the Prem, it's feeling to me like Paul Jewell in 2007 when he took over Derby after Chris, Hut- uh, after Chris Hutchins was sacked. Um, they were all but down. Obviously, this was the Derby that finished with 12 points, the worst record in the history of the Premier League. Um, and he was pretty much just preparing for the following season at the Championship. Um so I think this kind of feels very similar in that regard. If he can play good football um, and get some decent results or see like a, a visible improvement on their way down, it's good for him. And then obviously the real, ju- the real, the real, the real test and the real judgment comes in the championship, I think, um, by the looks of it at the moment, because it's very, very confusing. As for what it means, obviously Billy Gilmore's laughing. Um like obviously the team, the midfield will probably get built around him in the short term, um, and then obviously by using by 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 giving Billy those minutes, it'll be easy for him in the championship um, if they do get relegated because obviously you're allowed to loan up to three players from a Premier League club if you're in the championship. So don't be shocked if Lampard does that. 
Mm, I think that's fair enough. And, um, you know, heading over to a bit more transfer news. Well, not in terms of incomings, but um, outgoings. So, you know, with it, there have been, um, you know, um, reports coming out this week, you know, regarding um, Christensen's contract. You know, it felt as though it was, um, well, all but wrapped up. But with it coming very, very close to January now, you know, we've, we've seen Rudiger, it doesn't seem like he's on the brink of signing them. And that you've got another added player in Christensen. Um, guys, when, when, when do panic stations start to say in them? Are we worried or... Do you guys think we will we'll sign the both of them, or do you think we'll just sign the one of them? If not, not neither. I'm free. I'm going to come over to you. I'm not sure. I mean, I thought that Christian should probably sign, and I think I always thought that Rudiger could probably go, just because I think he's probably, you know, looked around and seen what his market worth is, and thought, you know what, as a free transfer, I'm I'm probably going to command a really big wage. And if Chelsea have said, if you know what, we don't actually feel like that. That's really the the moment for us to be offering you this massive contract. Then fair enough, you know. I think that's that's what that's the smart thing for him to do is to to leave if you know just to maximize his um his earning potential because he's he's in his the prime of his career. He's not gonna get this chance again. And yeah, and after this, he's gonna be looking for a job. Right after his football career is finished, in I don't know how long. I don't want to put a time on it, but it's gonna it's not gonna be another decade. He's going to need a new job, so he's going to need to always going to need you know some some capital to invest in science. So yeah, yeah, I'm if the, if I'm happy for him to maximize you know whatever his potential is. It'll be a shame if you know if he does leave, but it makes sense for everyone. I'm sure Chelsea have already earmarked new incoming defenders that they like. Too sure as well. I'm sure he's definitely got plans already. So, so I don't think it's that bad. If Christensen leaves, I'll be surprised, but um. But yeah, man, like I almost feel it's the same thing. Like I would be sad to see both of them leave because without the the you know the AC penitentiary and the Rudy Gulag, I don't know. Like I do, I don't believe that either is our best defender. But um, yeah, it'll be it's going to be a shock to the system losing both of them in, in the same in at the same moment, right? So I do hope that we manage to maintain Christensen. But yeah, obviously, if he feels that they're they're lowballing him, he's going to make the move out there. In terms of our, our ability to replace both of them, I'm not too worried. I'm really not. I'm really not too worried. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't see. It, I don't see it being cheap. So I don't understand. I don't think you're going to get a better uh, defender than Christensen for le- on, on in on less wages. Put that way. But then obviously they they might feel like you know we made Christensen who he is, so we're going to make another defender. And, and and you know what? They might be right. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I, I do think that that um in terms of replacing the value, like for like, I think that's a very good point. That I haven't actually thought of myself, so I think that I think that's a good place to leave that um in, in terms of those two. But actually, no, before I actually leave them, um, Tim's, I'm gonna I should, come, I should obviously come over to you. Um, do, do you agree with Freeman? Um, do, do you think it'll be hard to um re- replace the two of them, or are you a bit more confident um in, in regards to that aspect? Uh, replacing them, no issues. I feel like there's a lot of young centre back talent in the market. Uh, personality wise, it will definitely be hard to replace kind of the grit and like the hustle mentality that Rudiger brings to the squad. And obviously, he's seen as kind of like um, an older brother figure to a lot of these uh, players. Um, even though reports in the past said it was the contrary, but obviously he's a he's a good he has a good impact on the changing rooms. But as far as on the pitch, I, I have no I have no concerns about replacing them. So many players on the market, Max Ernst, Lacroix, um, like just 
so many like I could wheel off a couple of names that um, are solid centre back prospects. Like even if you just looked at the France under twenty one squad, you could find a handful of players that could um, with, with, with promising ability. Um, so no issues there. Um, ultimately, I think Rudiger will probably leave because he is chasing that bag um, in his final contract. And if he goes by uh, Munich, I wouldn't mind getting Tangi Kawasi off them in return. Um, and Christensen, uh, it'd be sad for him to go. I think he, he'll probably sign, but it'd be sad for him if he did go. But also he's leaving the comfort of that back three system that um, kind of stops him getting into those one-on-one defensive situations against like a brutish centre-back. Like Because um, a couple of seasons ago on the Lampard, we saw what the likes of Mikel Antonio did when they caught him one-on-one. Hmm. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I think it would be hard to, to replace with Rudiger. You know, like when you think about the, the level that at which he's playing, right, form wise. You know, to, to get a like for like in in that aspect alone, I think it would be hard personally. But let's let's see. You know, I I do trust that at least we will. I think we will we'll resign at least one of them. You know, at the very least, I, I don't see us losing both on a three. I think that'd be insane. But um, I, if I hope that we don't get a like for like for Rudiger, man. I'm sick of seeing him take shots every game. <laughs> you know just, what? Just job, yeah, a, a light for light. Uh, minus the shot taking. Minus the shot taking. But yeah, um, to, to to leave um the, the, the more serious stuff. Um, we we thought obviously you know with the international break, we'll, we'll have a bit more fun. You know, in in terms of um the actual concept for this episode. So we're gonna do a chessy hour. What if? So I know I briefed you two on it, but for, for the listener, um, what we decided to do today is we're we're gonna discuss um if we what if we were to wipe out one singular Chelsea season and if you were to wipe out that season, what would it be? So obviously, you know, it's easy to look at the benefits, but you've also got to look at the, the drawbacks and the possible afterfest they could have had in the following season. So I'm going to start with you, um, Timson. Um, Timson, what if you could you could wipe out one single Chelsea season? Which one would it be and why? It would have to be comfortably the season after we won the league and we, uh, under Mourinho, we had that abysmal season um, finishing like mid-table pretty much. And if if only because that was the season people were like, William was by far and away our best player. Maybe um, Mourinho gives us another competitive season if that doesn't happen. Um, maybe Hazard kind of um, retains a certain level of discipline in order to win and his career doesn't see the downward trajectory it's seeing at the moment. Um, and obviously, maybe because we're winning and we're competitive again, um, it makes sense to blood some youngsters who have that winning mentality from the academy. So those are the kind of potentials that I'm thinking about when I when I, when I I come to my answer. Fair enough. And I'm free room. So you just heard... Um... Tips us. I'm gonna. I'm gonna want you to poke some holes at that. Do you do you think there's any potential like worries in in, in the Chelsea universe if you were to remove that season? You know, do you think there's anything that could possibly happen that could really like affect the, the future of Chelsea? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, what, what were who who? Wait, what was the um? What was the what was the the result of that season? I can't remember. So it was the season where you finished tenth. In the league, yeah, you know, I remember the season, but I don't remember, yeah. I remember exactly what happened directly after that. As a result of that, we, we sacked Mourinho, we hired Conte, uh, Conte, and then Conte won the league, and then Conte did the same thing. 
Like, you know, that's, that's a good point. But do, do you not think there's any like potential, like you know, anything that could have potentially come off of, or come off from sacking and Jose? And that's not where well, that season not happening. If that makes sense, we don't sign Alonso. <laughs> well, that's I guess that's a benefit. That, yeah, that could be one, a benefit. That's one solid positive. That's one solid positive for sure. Mm. So, what about you, from that that season aside? If you could, if you could wipe out one season from, from the Chelsea history, what, what season would it be and why? I would definitely go for a more recent season. I mean, I thought about it and I was thinking, you know, we've suffered a lot. We've suffered a lot in recent years, you know. We have suffered a lot. And I thought about the the, the, the Conte second season. I thought, no, that was, that was a tough season. But to be honest, that's water under a bridge. I thought about, you know, the Lampard seasons because obviously, as I've said before, you know, that, that, was, that, was, that was a real, real painful period. But to be honest, you know, I don't want to, you know, you have to suffer... The, the the depths of Lampard to you know to really achieve the highs of of Tuchel. So I don't want to like obviously I don't want to go through that ever again, and I don't really enjoy remembering it. But it has brought us somewhere useful. But one thing that hasn't brought us anything useful was Sarri's season. I don't care about the Europa League. Like I do not care at, like at all about the Europa League. I could not care any less. I don't care. Sari left after one season, yeah. So he didn't even want to stay. As soon as he, as soon as the the uh, the hazard does it all power card was taken away from him, he was like, yeah, okay, uh, no, nah, I don't want to do this no more. He was sitting there chain smoking, getting slapped all the just re- just regularly, just just getting slapped. I didn't want to mention scores because it's painful to think about. And then after he left. Just a bunch of like Sari fans just come out of nowhere. Oh, he's the best manager. Oh, he's the great. He's a legend. And it's like, uh, what are you talking about? That entire season was suffering. And we only managed to win the Europa League because the players that he didn't want to play ended up being the good players who actually did really well in the, for, for us in the, in the Europa League. And then we, they ended up taking him to the final. And then, and then we won it. It wasn't like, you know, he was thinking, oh, yes, and being a tactical genius every game. He was just playing the players like, you know, he wasn't giving minutes to in the league. And they were doing really well because he should have been given them minutes. You can't, you can't just be doing William Pedro, William Pedro, William Pedro, and, uh, and, and, and expecting Hazard to do all the heavy lifting. Like, you've got to play everyone else who's also good at football. And people are trying to tell you, hey, look, these people are good at football. You're just, now nah, I'm going to stick with my 13 players that play every game, and that's it. And yeah, man, it was just suffering, man. It was suffering. And the fact that, I, you know, there are repercussions to this day. One, we hired Lampard, which was suffer, which was which was you know just just suffering, just, just for the entire not the entire period, maybe the first season. There was some you know just before like you really really sunk in just how bad of a manager he was. Maybe there was some some good moments there, but just the the, the everyday recurrence of people saying oh every time you see a player do well, people are oh Sari wanted to buy him, Sari wanted to buy him, and it's like every time there was a headline said sorry wants to buy a player people just took it as the gospel and said oh his talent id is undefeated and when you go look at the players that he's actually signed in his career it's a bunch of duds a bunch of duds and it's like mm, let's not pretend that this guy is some type of genius because we were linked to a good player every so often when he was when he was actually in charge of signings a lot of the time the signings weren't his they were just signings that were club signings or when he was when he's been at other clubs the signings that he's made are terrible like he's, he's not got some particular great signing record and yeah man I don't know man yeah I feel, I feel like that's the season that, that has caused me the most suffering of, of late just because people continue to bring it up and act like he's some type of genius manager and then every time like anything bad happens 
people will go, oh, but it wasn't as bad like this when Sarri was here. And it was, oh, Sarri would never... And it's like, nah, Sarri was terrible. And Hazard saved his life. Hazard saved his life. And when he, as soon as he had to go to a job where he didn't have Hazard to save his life, they ran him out of there super quick. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to go with that one for now. Um, that, 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 that was an E from, from, from Freeman there. Um, Tis, I'm going to come over to you on, on, on two parts there. So, um, you know, we obviously heard on Freeman's first testament there and the fact that, well, um, it was the hazard, it was the hazard saving show. And then the second one in, in the fact that when you think about it, actually, not, not really what Freeman said, but if you think about it, if you don't have um, sorry, if you have sorry, if you don't have sorry, you don't have Lampard. And if you don't have Lampard, do you have Tuchel? I'm going to come with you, Tim Salem. What, what do you think about those two points there that, um, that Freeman has laid out? Yeah, um, with, I don't know, like, I feel like me and Freeman will disagree about the Lampard era and obviously his decision to erase the Sari season. Because for me, um, whilst I wasn't always happy with the style of football, um, the things that he said as well at times, um, like especially in regards to the younger players, um, obviously a lot of good came out of it. We finally saw kind of like the emergence as a young talent of um, Hudson Adoy, even though we knew he had source for a while, but this was fully him like maturing and coming into his own um, on that left wing in the 4 3 3 in his best possible position. We also saw obviously Ruben Loftus Cheek go from a promising player who gets drips and drabs in, in regards to minutes to kind of staking his claim and um, ousting the 60-minute substitution combo of Ross Barkley and um, Kova to just like outright own that left centre left centre mid position. And um, yeah, obviously with Lampard coming in, um, if there's no Lampard, um, who knows if we get some of the players that are in the team now. Um, Reese James potentially. Um, would there possibly be a Shalabar in the squad right now? Who knows? If guys like Reese James and Mason Mount ain't getting a fair crack, um, what's Shalabar gonna get? What's Shalabar gonna get? Because he wasn't even one that was um, highly spoke of when he was out on loan. Um, I'll attest to that. So yeah, with the ripple effect, it can go a lot of ways. But a lot, I think, a lot of good in regards to player emergence and opportunities came from the Lampard and Sari era. So um, I humbly disagree with um, some of Freeman's takes there. Mm, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Before I come to you, Freeman, I'm going to quickly lay, lay, lay out a couple more um, hypotheticals. So, you know, obviously under Sari, we we have we did see the best of um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Um, obviously, as Tim said, we saw the emergence of um, Kyle Musa into, into the senior team. But on the flip side... Within that season, the two of them did get injured. And if that season doesn't happen, do you think their career, I'm going to come to you, Timson, do you think their careers could possibly different, be different for the better? Or do you think it would it would have still gone roughly the same anyway, hypothetically speaking, of course? I feel like it's a 50-50 because with Ruben, he said that he enjoyed his best football under Sari, maybe because it was so... Um, structured and rigid um, but he was also in a position and he had a coach with him who kind of um, who gave him a lot of feedback on what he needed to do and once he did that he started playing a lot of the time he would do what was asked of him whether it be playing as a striker under Conte playing all over the shop and still not get a proper look in when it comes to the bigger games because these managers favoured experience um, 
also obviously um Hudson Adoy, maybe he um maybe he doesn't maybe he doesn't get that look um under Sari because maybe he doesn't get that look under Sari just for the fact that he he was so rigid, or maybe he gets fed up and just says, you know what, um I'm just gonna leave. I don't care who comes in. I'm tired of waiting. It's never gonna happen. And maybe we see him having um, a not too dissimilar career path to a Jamal Musiala, perhaps. Uh, there's it, for me, it, it, the dice can roll either way, in regards to better or worse. But I'll probably say that a lot more good came of um, those ripple effect seasons since Sari from Sari taking over than bad. I think. I think. I think. I think um... I think a lot of credit has been given to Sarri for things that the players themselves did, you know. I feel like Ruben Loftus, like, given... Sarri played him, but Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I think, would have played under whoever else would have been in charge because, yeah, he was, it was just a, a, one of the best options available. And for, for Cho, I mean, we've heard Rob Green saying that he was just tearing up, tearing up training. So I don't feel like if we replace Sarri, because I don't feel Sarri is one who particularly is playing them just to give him a chance. He's playing them because they're the best options that he has. And he's and it took him a while to realize that. And we can even say he didn't. I don't even argue that he maybe he didn't even play them enough. So I think I feel like there's also the, the possibility that with a different manager they get more chances rather than less chances. I don't feel like Sari particularly is someone to give to just trust a youth or to give youth chances. These players were demanding chances, and I feel like they might have even demanded more chances than they were given, especially in Cho's case. I feel like he he could have he could have definitely played more and maybe should have played more games. And I forgot the most important part is if we don't lose Sari, we can get an extra season out of Fabregas. And that would have been that 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 I, I definitely missed, man. I definitely missed because I feel like so immediately after that, after we sold Fabregas, we just had serious creativity issues and they just plagued us ever since, man. A freemium. Fabregas was already unhappy with the way he was played under um Sorry, being used as um, being used as a Jorginho type player, even though he said he had more to his game. So that was already an issue. Yeah, no, yeah, that's what this what I mean. But if we get rid of Sari, then that is no longer an issue. He's no longer playing in, in the Jorginho role because only Sari that has the idea to, to play him now. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, and I'd I'd also say, like, obviously. Once those players in Hudson Adoy and Loftus Cheek established themselves, um, some players would rotate them, even though they're, they're, they're in a good run of form, to appease the older players and kind of rotate. Sari, with his rigidness um, and his reluctance to change once he's got a system that's working well, that would have worked in favour for young to those two young players who would have thrived in, with the minutes given in a, in a very rigid selection system. Yeah, I think that's fair. Enough. I think I think is it's always interesting when you look into the hypotheticals of football. You know, you know, does this player, you know, have the exact development? You know, do, do we win the do we win the titles? You know, do do we go on to you know sign X Y Z player? And I think it is um, definitely something interesting. So yeah, I, I would also ask the listeners, you know, guys, you know, let us know what what your um, Chelsea what this would be. But for me personally, if if I was to have a a, a what if, it, it it wouldn't be this. It wouldn't be working the sorry season. It, it it wouldn't it wouldn't be wiping out the Lampard season. It wouldn't be it wouldn't even be wiping out the um the tenth place Chelsea season. For me personally, if I could wipe out one season, it would be the season where Jose Mourinho comes back. For me personally, I, I feel like that that season alone 
did some of the most damage that we that could have ever 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 happened to Chelsea as a football club. You know, like when you, when you look at the, the talent like we were bringing through at the time, you know, the, the, the club's actual vision at the time. You know, it, it was obviously it was also a, it was a lovely you know fairy tale story. You know, bringing back um a legendary manager. And even then, when you actually look at the team then, that 13-14 team, team, it wasn't, it was quite an aged team when you actually think about it. You know, we had the likes of Lampard still playing. You know, we had the likes of JT still hanging about, you know, Petacek. So it was definitely there, you know, in terms of a, a, a rebuild, being able to happen, you know, with the likes of that players like Sturridge, you know, Salah, you know, KDB. And for me personally, when you look at the manager that we brought in, um, in, in terms of um, bringing that um, new that new guard, well, to, well, not new bringing, sorry, as like letting the new guard leave Chelsea and I'm um, bringing in a, a, a new vein of football to the club. I thought that that was like one of the perfect seasons for me personally. So that's why for me personally, if I could, if I could change one season, it would be that 13-14 season where um, Mourinho does return to the club. Do you guys have any have any um, disagreements with that, or what, what do you what do you guys think? Um. Nah, n- not really. I feel like that's a valid argument. Um, can't really argue too much because everyone has different opinions. But that one, um, yeah, I can, I can, I can see the upside to it. Mm. And Freeman, do you, do you think there's any potential negatives? You know, when, when you think about that season, you know, I, I believe we didn't, didn't we, did we start off and losing the Super Cup under him? I mean, I can't remember, but I didn't win the season. Didn't we win? Um... Oh, uh, no, no, that we didn't. We, we, the season after that, what happened? I can't remember. We won the Prem. Oh, that was the season. Oh, the season. So you want to take away the season? Where he comes back. Okay, 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 okay. Quindy, so you're saying that if we if we take away that second season, we might be able to... Wait, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to understand who, like, what the, what the objective is in terms of what, what, are you try, what are you happy to avoid in the second season? Because didn't he... Didn't he? Didn't he uh, flop heavily? But then afterwards, we we bounced back relatively quickly. If I'm not remembering. Mm. So the first, so obviously, the, the first season that was the um, the Gerard season where we finished third. That's the season I want to get rid of. I mean, the second season was the season afterwards whereby we end up going on to win the league. So for me personally, I think I, I think it's it's worth the risk of potentially winning the league, you know, not having a jersey again. You know, ju- just in terms of like actually like you know refreshing the squad. You know, bringing in the new faces because obviously you 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 should know, man. You know, after losing the Super Cup, you know, you know he 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 sold Lukaku. You know, then we you know obviously you know the the Salah and the KDBs. We know about their story, so that's why for me personally, I feel like if you don't have a Jose, you have more of a potential opportunity to actually um bring through that new guard. You know, we also if you, mm. I don't know if, you if you forget, you know, we had a Mata, you know, coming off of his play of the play of the um, of the year season, whereby he sold him in January. You know, you had you had um, the likes of Sturridge, you know, coming through under AVB, and then obviously under Josie Marina, he didn't exactly get the the same sort of looking. So that's why, for me personally, if I was to wipe out one season, it 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 would be that season for me. But then we lose the song, don't we? The the Steve Gerard Gerard, he fell on his, you know, on high. Mm, yeah, that's that's that, a good point, man. That's that's my point. favorite, man. I can't I can't get rid of that. Mm, you know what? That's that's a good point. That's a good point. But I'm just thinking, what what, what would you rather from? You know, the, the potential of having you know the Salas, the KDBs, the Lukaku's, you know, still at Chelsea at the time, mm. or the song and the Premier League. Like, 
Which, which, which one do you think is, is more worth? You're putting it into it, into it, in, you're putting, it's an interesting battle because obviously that is, that is definitely something that is spoken about as you know, the biggest regret. Losing KDB, losing Salah, not so much Lukaku, but also losing Lukaku is also, was also regrettable. So yeah, now you're saying that, but then we did, we did get Steven Gerrard never winning the league and we get the song that we sing every day. Yeah, man. And we get, and we, and we get to win. So I don't know, man, it's tough. I see, I see the pros. I see the, I see the pros and I see the cons. The pros are definitely strong, but you know, there's trophies and there's the amazing song on the line, but obviously I would love to see, but to be honest, we could have probably won more trophies with Salah and KDB in that, in that super team that we could have created as long as we had just, you know, shafted Mourinho, mm, I don't know. Yeah, but then, then, then again, the other question comes about: do, do, do we, do they go on to be the same players? You know, firstly, I think they do, but I know a lot of people like to make out, uh, you know, about do they actually become like as good as they were, you know, um, at their respective clubs. So I feel like it's one of those things where that like, there's so many hypotheticals, you know, in, in, in terms of it, and I'm sure the listeners themselves will have that their own, you know their own theories. I don't know if you've seen the meme of the guy, you know, like he's got like the board, you know, and he's got like the, the, these wild plans going on. And that's basically been me the last couple of days thinking about this, this scenario. Now that you, now you mention it, I feel like it's, poss- it's possible that both Salah and KDB only become the players that they became just out of sheer anger at, at, at Mourinho and Chelsea, man. It could be, it could be that the hate that's fueling them because I'm telling you, hate is a powerful motivator. I should know. Mm, I was gonna say yeah, that, that, that's be, definitely something that you 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 that you, you would you would know you, you would know. Yeah, man, I feel like the hate could be dropped. Just giving that that little extra in training every day that helps them become who they became, man. Mm, definitely, definitely, definitely. So yeah, that that was a good section there, and um, obviously, you know, it's such a break. You know, l- l- looking ahead, um, we've got a couple of games you know coming out afterwards. You know, we've got the likes of them Leicester away at the league. We've got United at home. And we've also got in between that we've got Juventus at home. So coming off of that, I think that those would be some interesting games to cover. You know, we'll definitely probably try and do a, a cheeky um Patreon preview for that game for those games, especially you know obviously to, to plug it early. The fight card, the fight card definitely will be happening. So probably what two weeks from now, and yeah, so that that would definitely be something for the listeners listeners to to get um involved in. But yeah, guys, so did you guys have any any other points before we wrap up the, the show today? Nah, um, yeah, just looking forward to the Premier League coming back and obviously, hopefully no injuries. Obviously, we've seen Kai miss a couple of Germany training sessions, but hopefully he's back soon because he's pretty much our only um, number nine option at the moment. Mm, actually, you know what? That reminds me actually before I end the show, sorry. Freemium, our resident Lukaku share majority shareholder. So you've obviously probably been hearing the last couple of episodes, you know, whereby... Um, you know, I know that Dan, you know, a couple of, of, of us as well, as well been saying, you know, the team looks a lot more fluid with, with, without Lukaku up top. You know, we look a lot better with Kai uh, up top. So not what, you guys lying. What, what are your thoughts on, on this? Give, give, give it to us, Freemium. I mean, it's just clear. It's just, it's just propaganda, really. People people are clearly trying to, trying to devalue my, my, my shareholdings. And 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 it's probably just, it's probably just out of spite, really, because you know I, I was the early, I was the early investor, so obviously you know other other shareholders are trying to with other stocks are trying to are trying to boost their their what their, their holdings are saying. And to do that, they have to lower mine. But that's fair, it's fair, fair, it's fair game, isn't it? So, I mean, all I can say is that a lot of the um, a lot of talk has been made about how fluid we look with with Havertz, but uh, he's not he's he's been suffering the same fate as Lukaku, really. 
And I feel like it's only when you can really put like really creative players in that you can really start to judge how what these guys are doing. Because as soon as you throw the Hudson and the Barkley combination on, or you don't force people to play with players who are just clearly out of form and not doing well, then I then I feel like you can really you know see how what they're doing. Obviously, I do think um, that uh, Lukaku could be doing more in terms of uh, in terms of movement and expression, but I don't know how much of that is just. Tuchel telling him to, just to do that because uh, I definitely see someone who's less involved than he normally is or he was at Inter. And I do feel like that could be uh, Tuchel's tactics saying, hey, look, we need you to be in the middle to be our reference point. We don't need you to be all over the pitch all, all the time. But yeah, it remains to be seen. You know, I still remain confident. Uh, I feel like he's he's performing in line with his XG, so that's all you can ask from him. Hopefully with, with better creators around him. And if we can play the type of football we played against Burnley... And we have Lukaku in there, then it's just going to be goals galore, really. Mm, fair enough. So, what what have you actually thought of um, the Kai up top um, experiment? And do you think it, do you think going forward with um, Lukaku potentially coming back? Do you, do you think it's worth carrying it on? You know, I, I know um, Meads. Um, one of his ideas was to have um, Lukaku and playing off the right in the right hand channel, and having them have a up top. What, what what do you think about that? Uh, I don't. I don't think it's necessary. I mean, it, that that could be tried. I don't know. Um... Yeah, I don't know if that's about. I mean, I've always been uh, an, a big fan of of having Kai off that right hand channel, but then I don't know how well um, how well we've actually seen him perform in that position. This is the fourth line has probably maybe been his best position, and he he does okay, but he just does tend to get bullied a little bit too much, and he maybe he tries, to, but he does try to get involved. So that I guess that's what that's the benefit is that he he tries to get involved in the game. But yeah, man, he he does. He's he's a bit lightweight for 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 the for the prem, and and, and you notice that you know the defenders are loving it. But yeah, man, I don't know. I feel like I feel like together doesn't really work either. So I don't want to. I don't want to see them playing like with, with two up front and one ten because I feel like they both want to occupy the same space, and that is a problem. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been all right, is what I'll say. Kai's been he's been a good deputy, but I don't feel like uh, it's an improvement, is what I'll say. But he, he definitely fills the role when better than maybe a Werner would in, in this in this circumstance. Yeah, fair enough. So coming off international break, you know, less in a happy, in a perfect world, you know, Lukaku's back and fit for the Leicester game. Who plays up top? I'd I'd play Lukaku up top and I'd play i I think both Barkley and Cho have earned a another go. Like I don't I'm uh, I feel like they might, they might, they might be the, the semblance, the semblance of of choice and and you know playing yourself into positions. And I'm not certain that that is true for every position. So I hope that uh, because Barkley performed well, he gets another chance to perform well. And because Cho performed well, no matter who comes back fit, I would like to see them maintain their positions because they deserve it. And I wouldn't want to see our best attacking football we played all season get thrown away because. Uh, other players came back are uh, back in fitness and now they can play when really, you know, whoever plays well should maintain their position. Mm, agreed. And if, um, um, Tim, I'm going to come over to you. What what, what have you thought about um, the Kai um, up top um, um, test? And do you, do you think he's passed it? And do, do, you think it's, do you think it's worth, the, do you think the juice is worth the squeeze, you know, going forward in terms of that aspect? Um, obviously, I see people saying that we're more fluid, maybe so aesthetically pleasing with the flicks and tricks combinations. Um, that one in particular with um, Kai, Cal, and Kova 
at the end. Um, that was quite nice to see. But in regards to effectiveness, um, I don't think it's an upgrade on what we've seen with Romelu. Um, maybe even you can say it's a slight downgrade the way centre-backs are, are, are able to bully um, Kaya, particularly obviously the Norwich game um, where he had a designated centre-back centre just on him, like making sure he had an un uncomfortable time of it. Obviously, I've given my thoughts in previous pods, but um, obviously, what was it last season? Pundits and fans alike said we were one uh, world-class top-tier centre-forward away from being a title challenger. We've now got that in Lukaku and um, people are now saying, it seems strange that people are now saying, oh yeah, we look better when we we were doing what we did last season. Give it time to gel because we didn't look like this when Kai played up front um, like four games into his um debut season so let's give it time and see what and, and see where we are loving the respect loving it loving it fair enough fair enough so so off off just the, the last question so would you play Lukaku in that right hand channel or what, what, what would you do going forward if if, it, if the line were up to you Timson I've seen um in FA Cup games, uh, I think it might have been even under Martinez, I'm not 100% sure, one FA Cup game where um, Lukaku operated from the right for Everton against us and just did us damage. Um, I would like to see a savvy midfielder or even the players take it upon themselves to say, let's kind of throw the, the opposition a curveball and let me, let's interchange positions. So let them have to deal with you dropping deep, Kai, um, and linking the plate and see what they plan to do with me, kind of getting the ball from the right half space, drifting inside and even making angles for me to cut inside or kind of slip you a reverse ball into. So I'd like to see... Um, I'd like to see some interchanging. I know um, to use an example of a grid of, of two good players that did it in the past. Uh, obviously, we know the famous four-three-three system of um, Samueletto centre forward, Ronaldinho left wing, obviously Messi right wing, or Ludovic Schulli before. Um, oftentimes, you would see uh, teams, you'd see kind of Eto and Ronaldinho swap sides, um, swap positions, and Ronaldinho just sit through the middle just to give teams a different problem to to think about because it's like it's quite frustrating to kind of have this international break um have a game plan have tactics and countermeasures for um expected systems and then something completely out of the blue kind of um unpictured unpictured tactics so i'd love to throw curveballs to teams like that I definitely think that's fair enough. I think that, I think that would be an interesting um, point of discussion going forward, and I'd be I'd be interested to hear listeners' thoughts as well on that. So, um, yeah, um, guys, remember uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. You know, um, make sure you use the hashtag when you're discussing the show. And thanks again for listening. And thanks, some um, Tim Slavin for joining me. My pleasure, brother. Always a pleasure. All right, peace. Peace. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness! Stretch it, 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 st
Well, it's possibly bleak as this. Sports Social Podcast Network.